Hi, guys, and welcome to the Confessions of a Millennial podcast. My name's Julia. And I'm Fatima. And we're your podcast for all things millennial, confessional or not. Hi, guys, and welcome back to Confessions of a Millennial podcast. Today, we are talking about home ownership. I think this is such a great topic because as we've been hearing, um, I don't know how it is uh, in other places, but I feel like in Toronto and maybe a lot of big rural cities, it's pretty Mm -hmm. crazy because you don't really need to live in the downtown area anymore. Everyone's working from home. So why not use that same money, move a little bit further out and get a bigger place, right? You're stuck at home anyways. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of people have housing on on their mind right now, like whether they should move whether where they're staying is a great idea or should you know they look at other options and all that and i know that's something you've been thinking about as well so yes ma'am what a great topic to talk about and to start the new year with i know i mean hopefully a new year with a home purchase fingers crossed fingers crossed um yeah all right let's kick things off so would you say now is a good time to buy or to move? I mean, I think what we all hoped the pandemic would do to the Toronto housing market did not. Yep. Because people still bought, people still sold, people still moved. Yep. Um, It's kind of tough. I mean, I think I'm at a point in my life where I'm 30 and I still live at home, not by choice. And my brain is just like, you're not 15. Go, leave, (laughs) escape. You're not a child anymore. Yeah. So like, for me, it's definitely something I'm like looking for. Um, there's not a ton on the market right now, but obviously that's kind of key to winter yeah. as things start to warm up, you yeah. know, more becomes available and things like that. But yeah, I mean, I think if you're ready and you can afford to do it, then by all means, because our market is only getting bigger. And I was reading some articles the other day and here's some fun facts for you guys. A, Toronto has now um, out, or outnumbered, out, uh, outspended, I guess, London, New York, and San Francisco. So mm. we're officially one of the most expensive cities in the world. And I think there's only like a couple Asian cities that have beat us. Wow, that is just craziness. Yes, That's I crazy. was talking to someone also the other day, and she was saying that the market prices right now are worse than they were in 2017 because 2017 was also a very crazy year with a lot of biddings and bidding wars and stuff. So that's a little scary. It's definitely a little scary. Another sad fact is 48.1% of millennials still live at home because they cannot afford to rent or buy. That's nuts. That's crazy. (laughs) Are we all going to just live with our parents for the rest of our lives? I mean, I think my mom would also love it because she's kind of like, don't leave me. <laughs> but like, no, I need, I need my own space. <laughs> yeah, seriously. I mean, I'm I'm the same. I actually thought, to be honest, that when the pandemic happened and so many people were being let go of, and this was, you know, March, April, we all yeah. uh, had the option to extend our mortgages and defer payments for six months. So I was telling my husband, you know, the pandemic is still going on. I don't think that this is going to end in six months. Maybe in the summer when this six month period is up, people will still be unemployed and will have to put their homes up for sale. 
could this be an opportunity to get something at a lower cost? That was my initial thought. Not thinking, yeah, that's fair. right? Not thinking that you don't have to live downtown. You don't have to live close to, to your work because everyone's working from home. So people are going to be buying and moving out. So in the summertime, we started looking just to see what's out there. We were talking to, you know, our realtor who yeah. I mentioned to you already. And honestly, house prices, he was telling us was crazy. And we, you know, we did look at a few properties. We're like, maybe we'll get a good deal. And 20, 30 people would be looking at that house as well at the same yeah. time. And he even told us that, you know, within a day or two of looking at the house, if we we're interested, we should really put an offer in as soon as possible because otherwise the house would get probably get sold. That's exactly what happened. The day we were even looking at houses, he told us that some of those houses that he was going to show us had already sold before he even showed it to us. It was yeah. crazy. So, you know, our thoughts were we might get a good deal. Turns out that wasn't the case. Not so much. <laughs> not so much. So, you know, we actually ended up not, of course, not, not looking at anything. Our thoughts that, yes, we might get a good deal when we found out that that's not the case. We're like, you know what? There's, you know, we have a home. Thankfully, you know, thank yeah. God we have a place to live. We're not in a rush. Let's just enjoy. We're used to the fact that we're, you know, having to make our lives happen and, you know, less than 600 square feet. It was definitely a challenge in the beginning, but now we're adjusted to it. So really, is there a rush to go and overpay for something? No. So for us, we're, we're just going to continue to stay here at least until, you know, the pandemic is over. Things are kind yeah. of settling down a little bit more um, because for houses and townhouses, which are bigger properties, you're not really going to get a good deal. But again, because people are moving to houses and townhouses, you can get a pretty, like you can get some savings with condos right now. You know what? That hasn't been exactly my experience because yeah. I've gone with our realtor Yes, yes our <laughs> to realtor. look at a few places. Actually last week we went on Friday. Mm. Um, yeah. So we looked at two buildings yep. and both of them were just like, not what I was looking for. But again, like when you see something online, you know, pictures can be so deceiving. They sure can be. They sure can there was be. A, yeah. There was a ton of stuff that like, I didn't even think about that while we were in the space. He was like, Oh, keep in mind this, keep in mind this. And it was kind of nice because you know, like most realtors would just be like, well, it's a great opportunity. Like you should really buy in now the market's only getting hotter. Like yep. he had some points like that, which are true. Like, you know, certain things are in that direction, but yep. also things that he's like, are you okay with that? Is that a deal breaker? Because yep. if it is, don't bother. If it isn't, then that's your call to make. Yeah. And for right. anyone who's, you know, in the Toronto area, we're referring to this really, really amazing realtor friend whatever you want to call him he is probably the best realtor we've ever found and he, he's amazing his name is bob his real name <laughs> is bob <laughs> in case anyone thinks we're making it up um but if you're interested you know feel free to dm us or email us we'd love to share his contact info with you guys because honestly he is um i feel like in my experience he's very honest and genuine yeah. he's not that pushy salesperson that we're kind of all used to with real estate agents he has so much insight and he really 
does his due diligence when he takes you to property um as you know julia was just talking about because yeah. he's you know he doesn't try and push the sale he knows that purchasing a home is a big deal and he really makes the effort to to show you stuff that you would you would be interested in and to you know just keep you atop of your whatever your goals are or whatever you're looking for out of that property that you're getting it yeah and another thing and by the way he's we're not he's not sponsored or anything we're just yeah raving we're, about someone who's great at what they do yeah um another good thing that he always mentioned to me too is he's like you know you have to think about like area and floor and he's like when you resell like what's that going to be looking yeah. like and like you know we want to make sure that you get your money when you resale and yeah. you know things like that so like stuff that again like didn't even really occur to me I think unfortunately because I'm a millennial and I'm sort of in the bracket where I think most of my life will probably be living in a condo yeah like I don't know that I'll ever get to own a home in this market right. if I'm being honest doesn't mean I won't it's just not foreseeable at this time <laughs> right 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 yeah yeah, so I think we're both, I mean, for us, my husband and I, we're going to be staying put at the moment. Um, Julia, you know, you're trying to find actively something. Looking. <laughs> actively looking. And hopefully, you know, you do find something. You find something good, something at a, a decent and, you know, I guess semi-affordable price because nothing's yeah. really affordable right now in Toronto. I know. <laughs> All right. Uh, so do you think the pandemic will burst the market bubble in Toronto? So this is something that we've all been hearing for many, many years. I was hearing about this since the American market burst in 2008. Yeah, a long That's, time ago. Yeah. And that's when I first started working for the bank, which is so long ago. It's crazy. And since then, every year since then, for the last little bit, the government has been tightening restrictions for mortgage approvals, for housing approvals to be able to purchase mm -hmm. a property and qualify. And the, the real purpose of that is, yes, to protect the person who's purchasing to make sure that they can afford it, but also to make sure that they're curbing any potential market bursting. That's, that's really the main purpose because... Yeah. As Julia mentioned, we are one of the most expensive housing markets to live in in the world. And so if our market were to burst at the prices that we're at and at the mortgages that people have, I think a lot of people would have to sell their houses because they couldn't afford yep. it. And so, you know, we keep hearing it and now we're hearing it even more so because of the pandemic. So what, what are your thoughts on that? So I've done a lot of research as a potential future home buyer. <laughs> and from what I've taken away is there's kind of two scenarios right now that right. all of the, the bigger banks in Canada are preparing for. Right. So like your RBC, your TD, Scotia, BMO, all that, yeah. CIBC as well. Yeah. Um, and the biggest thing that they see is like based on their projections and where, you know, investments in stocks and things like that are, are sort of leading the market is it's either going to have a 10 to 12% increase. So it's going to kind of continue as it's going. And then within the year of 2021, hit that 12, 10 to 12% increase. Right. Or in the year of 2021, it's going to have between a 20 to 30% decrease. Right. Which if you're buying a property and it's 30% cheaper, that's a lot of money. Yeah. You know, in some cases, that's like $100,000 or more, depending, exactly. right? Yeah. So that's definitely something to be hopeful 
hopeful about, but the only thing is that like, we don't know the future. We don't know what's going to happen. There's no guarantee. Right. Yeah. So that's a little tough um, to sort of navigate. And I think with me, I've kind of been setting my, my, uh, my hopes a little lower. So I was really keen on getting, you know, a two bedroom with parking and getting a roommate to help subsidize costs and things right. like that. And, um, unfortunately like two bedrooms have just become out of my price range. And so now I'm in the one bedroom plus a den or <laughs> the one bedroom. Yeah. And like, you know, if I have to rent it for a few months and then if let's say I can't afford the mortgage on my own. I mean, me and my boyfriend have already kind of talked about maybe living together and that could help subsidize a cost. So like you really have to be creative in how you're going to get in the market because like you said, all these stupid, well, they're not stupid, but all these restrictions that are being put. Yeah. By the way, you know, they're only hitting millennials and Gen Z's. Yeah. Gen X and baby boomers did not get affected. Yeah. They were able to buy a home. Yeah. Because of when they were born, exactly. which also pisses me off. <laughs> yeah. They they purchased their homes or the properties, you know, well in advance when things yeah. were a bit more affordable. And, you know, you could do 0% down or, you know, 35-year mortgages. <laughs> yeah. Remember those? <laughs> Remember those days? Yeah. <laughs> No, it's true. So with those things in place, they really are trying, like you mentioned, to prevent the bubble from bursting, prevent the market from crashing, which obviously does affect the economy. So that's where that's kind of stemming out of. But I think what the government needs to do, (laughs) um, whether that's like, you know, federal or provincial, um, because we're in Canada, for those people listening that are not in Canada, (laughs) um, what they need to actually do is help home buyers, younger home buyers actually get in the market. So whether that's like capping people, let's say you're, you own two properties in the province of Ontario, like maybe that's a cap. Maybe you can't own three because they need to allow more people to come in. You know, um, I know Justin Trudeau mentioned that he's allowing more like, uh, immigrants and refugees into the country, which is great because we're helping people who, you know, are obviously endangered in lives. But what does that already mean for Canadians who can't afford housing that now you're bringing more people in who are going to become citizens that are they going to have housing or they're going to live in bad areas. And you know what I mean? There's so much there that they can really do. I know um, our realtor was explaining to me, there's a program that the government did input last year, but again, it seems to harm the buyer more than help because you can get, you have to qualify and it's optional. It's not mandatory, but if you're a first time home buyer, you can get up to like $45,000 towards your new home down payment, right. which seems great. Yeah. But that also means that the government now owns 5% of your home right? and you own 95. And then when you sell, you have to give them 5% of what you make on top of the fact that that $45,000 is still a loan. And during your mortgage, you're paying that loan back. Right. So I don't really know how that helps the homeowner at all. Right. Like it, yeah. I mean, thank God it's optional, but yeah, because then essentially, not only are you paying the forty five thousand, um, do yes, you have so to take the full forty five, or is it up to forty five? That I'm not sure. Okay. I, I think it's a standard. Like I think if you qualify, you just get that amount. Okay, so not only are yeah. you paying back the forty five thousand, but you also now have to pay back the government sort of interest owed when you sell the property, and that you know, 5% can really add up because, you know, if you are looking to buy something bigger and now you can afford it, you've built enough equity, let's say the the value of your property has increased 
now you have to take 5% and account for that, which is going to go to the government. Plus, of course, the fact that you're selling your property to taxes, real like the, your realtor who's selling it, so on and, and so forth. All that. And how, and you know, how much are you really ending up with afterwards as a profit? Well, that's the thing. And that's why when I, when I heard about that, that thing and they're like, oh, it's to help millennials. I'm like, this doesn't help millennials. Like you're just trying to give us more debt yeah. and then you're trying to take more money. Exactly. Like that's the opposite of helping. <laughs> yeah. Because really I think, and I understand the purpose of it because one of the biggest challenges is having, you know, for the average, I guess, millennial and Gen Z for those that are sort of entering the, their fate, that phase of their life it really is having the down payment first yeah. for the average person they can afford it but having the down payment to actually be able to purchase is the challenge and then of course you know saving up 50 60 70,000 is not an easy task to do because you have let's say student loans or you have other expenses that you need to pay for um so that's i can understand where that program is coming from cuz they have obviously identified that that's the challenge to purchasing a property but again, I don't know how this, there are definitely some cons to it that yeah, don't necessarily for sure. And another article I was reading, sorry guys, this is such a like factual yeah. podcast episode. Um, another article I was reading was saying that like for Gen Z and baby boomers, for them to save enough of a down payment of let's say like 50K, right. it used to take, it would take them like on average about five years. Right. So now for us, because home prices have risen so much for us to save a down payment of like a hundred K it's like average, depending on what you make between, I think it was like 18 and 21 years. Yeah. That's crazy. So like, unless you were saving since you were in diapers. Yeah, really. You're not going to like the, what's the earliest you're going to purchase. Let's say you finish school at 20. 40. Yeah. You're going to buy your house at 40 retire at 65 if you're lucky so you're really only definitely not you can't have you like that's a more that your mortgage is 25 years exactly so that's that's that, that i don't even know what to say i don't even know how to respond to that that's crazy um well, that's the thing it's like they're just not factoring in that the bigger problem is the price tickets yeah. or the price tags Sorry, the price tags yeah. that you know, and the other thing that boggles my mind, and I'm sure because you live in a condo, you can verify this, is like when I see a condo that's 500 square feet or like 550 and it's on sale for 500,000, I'm like, it's a hundred thousand dollars a square foot. Yeah. Like that just boggles my mind because I'm very fortunate that like my home at my house at home, my room is like 473 square feet. Yeah. That's the size of some people's condo. Yeah, it's true. It's true. Um, I have to say that I feel the same. We were fortunate enough to purchase a few years ago. And, you know, even then what we paid for was considered expensive. Mm-hmm. But looking back now, it's chump change. Yeah, exactly. And I think that, you know, we all know that house prices are going to continue to rise. And that was the expectation. I just don't think that when we initially had purchased my husband and I, we knew how much it was going to go up and how quickly it went up within the next couple of years. Um, house prices had doubled in terms of co- condo speaking. I can't yeah. really speak to houses, but in terms of condos. And I would say, I'm sure that, you know, obviously then house prices went up as well, but condos had gone up by almost double what we had paid for. 
Now I remember like 10 years ago when my, not maybe not even 10 years ago, less than, my girlfriend had bought her first property as a rental property and she paid 500,000 some oh and God. some change. And now condos alone are 500,000, which is absolutely mind boggling because you know, a house is generally 15, 1800 square feet, something along those lines. And to yeah. Julia's point, condos are now 500 square feet. And that's if you're lucky, as Julia just said, some of them are even smaller now than 500 square feet, they're making them smaller. So do I think that the pandemic is going to cause this bubble to burst? I actually did think that, which yeah. is why we went out to look at houses thinking that we were going to get a decent deal. But now, I mean, there's a pandemic going on. Everyone's complaining that there's all these people who are laid off. But yet when we were looking at houses in the summer, people like 20, 30, 40 people were going in and bidding on one house at a time. So I'm kind of thinking, who are all these people who've been laid off because people <laughs> are still buying houses for some reason. And they're getting into bidding wars. So the house price is getting more expensive. Exactly. And so that's the other thing. The 20, 40 people who are going in are going into a bidding war. Um, what was great about Bob is after we would look at houses, he would actually send us some listings after they had sold. So that, I mean, there was one house that had listed for eight something. It went for 1.2 million. And yep. sounds about right. It's, it's just nuts. It went into a bidding war. You know, people came in, saw how beautiful it was, how nicely it was renovated and how modern it was and sleek, fell in love with it and kept pushing up the price until they got what they wanted. Yeah. And it's just crazy because now, now they've set the bar for that house. The next time mm -hmm. the house goes up, it will not be listed for anything less than 1.2. So that means someone's going to pay 1.3, 1.4, who knows at that point. Um, so yes, I did think that the pandemic was going to cause the housing market to burst. And, you know, me being a property owner, I mean, there's good and bad. I think that at this point, if the housing market were to burst, I think I would be okay with it because we got our property for, I guess, considering where we are now, a fairly cheap price. But, yeah. you know, I think that we need to sort of reset this housing market a bit, paying, you know, five, a half a million dollars. Half for, a million dollars, people. Let that sink in. Uh, for 500 square feet. And to be honest, it's not even half a million you're going to end up paying like 540, 550, 560. You're generally not even going to find something for 500 in Toronto unless it's a not so so safe area, which generally for the most part you're kind of trying to avoid that. Um so I hope that it does. I really do yep. genuinely think that we kind of need to reset, take a step back, not pay millions of dollars for houses. Um is the pandemic going to do it? I hope the pandemic is the final straw <laughs> that does do it. So we'll I, see what happens. You and me both. And it, it's kind of one of those things where I'm a little tempted right now, if I find a good property for a decent price to just be like, you know what? I just want to get in. Like I'm buying, I'm done. Yeah. Or versus like, if I wait four months and then the market crashes and then yeah. I'm like, okay, interest rates are high, but I have, I like my down payment's not amazing. So we're yeah. good. It's crazy. I mean, I'm just thinking back when I was working in the bank, one of my coworkers at the time, she bought a house in Pickering with her fiance then. And they, I think that I would say like 11 or this was 11 or 12 years ago. So not even that long ago, they bought yeah. a house for 350,000. And I'm just like thinking back to that going, man, I wish I 
had the money to buy, you know, a house. Like I had just gotten out of school. So it had only been one or two years since I had started working. Definitely didn't have enough of a down payment. Yeah. Which or is was, normal. Or, yeah. Normal. Or very you normal. just started into the workforce. And I'm thinking, yeah, it's going to be affordable. But it's when you think about it now, half a million dollars where at one point you could buy an entire house for 350000 And, you know, 10 years ago is really not that long ago. Mm-hmm. So anyways, that's her little house rant for right now. Yeah, I know. Okay. Come on, Ford and Trudeau, do something. <laughs> exactly. Okay. We're going to tag you in this post. <laughs> um, how hard is saving as a millennial with an ever-increasing housing market? So, I mean, we've kind of touched upon this, but let's go into a, a little bit more detail about it. Yeah, I mean, I think it's super tough i think as much as we're a generation that either gets like mocked or loved whatever you want to call it um we kind of got the short end of the straw because of when we were born and when we could afford to buy so that's really tough the other thing too is you have to keep in mind that job uh salaries haven't really changed in the last 25 years so as cost of living has gone up you know even something as simple as buying groceries all of a sudden becomes so much more expensive and then you're like okay well do i want to eat or do i want to save that 300 dollars? exactly and we're sort of forcing to choose and i mean i think we also and i'm sure you can attest to this as well that like we also come from that lifestyle where we've seen our parents like be able to like maybe not live the most luxuriously but be able to like afford a home and put food on the table and pay a cable bill and once in a while go out to dinner with their friends or we've seen them have kind of that full life or do like a trip once a year like we've really seen that and obviously we aspire to do that because we remember how happy we were back then and how happy they are but we can't afford to do that you have to sacrifice and either like travel like that's what I did in most of my 20s was I traveled most of my 20s and all that money could have been saved to a down payment but did I want to sacrifice that and just be like a lab rat you know working 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 and never reaping any rewards no did I always travel luxuriously or like not take layovers no like we're realistic too um but you know it's sad that we have to choose, like I said, between, you know, sometimes it's between groceries or sometimes like you're going out for a friend's birthday and it's like dinner and you're going to spend like 40 bucks and you're like, yeah. well, I can't afford that because 20 has to go to my phone bill and 20 should go to savings. And, yeah. you know, so it does become tough. And, and I know I've struggled with it. I know if I could go back in time, I would tell my millennial self to start saving in like elementary school when exactly. I wasn't even working. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But how do you feel? Um, I think that saving it as a millennial is difficult. Um, I mean, I was able to, I guess, not really carry too much debt when I was graduating from school, but then doing my master's was definitely difficult. And um, at that point, I don't think I was saving anything. Everything was going yeah. towards paying for my master's, which was a ridiculously high you know, interest rate and, and this, you know, monthly expense that I could not cut, I had to pay for it. So I've definitely been in that bind where I haven't been able to save anything. For the most part, I have to knock on wood, been very grateful to be able to have um, been able to save. But again, I've just like Julia said, made those sacrifices in my 20s. 
and I guess kind of when I started my 30s and then the pandemic hit. Um, uh, <laughs> so for the most part, yes, I have traveled and I have to say that I don't regret a moment of traveling because those are some experiences and memories that I've built that I'll never forget. And every time I think back at it, I, I cherish it. However, when I think back to things that I've spent money on, like buying stuff, like buying material objects, mm -hmm. I think back and think, well, like that was a bit of a waste of money. Um, but you know, when I was in my 20s, I did, I tried not to buy too many, I guess, materialistic things like going to shopping too much, essentially, yeah. because I was trying to be mindful, like, oh, yeah, I really want to buy a property. And that's sort of where I want to put my money towards. So it was like traveling and continuously saving. And to Julia's point, that meant having to, you know, hey, we're having a dinner yeah, I'm not going to be able to make it because, you know, yeah. am I going to save that $50 so I can, you know, put that towards my future home? Or am I going to, you know, go to a dinner and blow it on a meal? Um, and, you know, 50 bucks may not seem like a lot, but if you do 50 bucks a week, every week, for example, because you're going out with friends, that does start to add up, right? So really, if you calculate it, it does start to add up after a while. So it gets expensive. Yeah, so basically millennials, save your money. Save your money. Stop buying clothes. Yeah. I have a closet a bit full of regret. <laughs> Only buy things you need, not what you want, and that'll help you curb your spending. <laughs> yes. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining our latest episode, talking about all about houses and ranting away about the unaffordability of Toronto. <laughs> Make sure to follow us on Instagram and stay tuned for the next confession. Bye, guys. Bye.